Hello and welcome back to the Anime Intellectualist Podcast, your source for all the the most intellectual and thought about takes on the internet and just in general, I guess. You can't find any more well-researched information here and then here. Absolutely. How, how are we feeling today? think we're feeling dandy i'm not i'm I'm just gonna go out there and say uh i am personally not i i just finished working a 12-hour shift oh so basically i opened the store and i closed the store so i was literally there the entire time we were open yep I work 11-hour shifts on Saturdays. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep, it's fun. But a lot of the time, you don't have to, like, always be doing stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you get, like, an hour lunch break, so... Uh, yeah, I do, not, I do not get that. I... Something, like, the probably, like, the worst part of this day for me was that I had to eat Jimmy John sandwiches for both of my meals that I ate today. Like, I, I don't think, like, the word sandwich has lost all meaning to me. I used to like Jimmy John's. I will never be able to eat there again, like, once I leave. But anyway. Yeah. I mean, their sandwiches are okay. It's not much better than Subway, though. They like to pretend, or I guess not they, we, I am part of the entity that is John. Somebody came in the other day, like a group of like college kids came in the other day and they're like, you Jimmy? And I was like, no. But anyway, I am part of the entity that is Jimmy John's and something we like to tell ourselves or some people in the entity like to tell themselves is that we're better than Subway because... We actually like cut everything fresh, but personally, I don't think most people care enough and would just rather be able to like do, I don't know. I don't want to talk about sandwiches. Let's talk about anime. All right, then. Um, so I figured that since we're actually, well, hopefully, depending on when I get this edited, I say that every episode, but depending on when I get this edited by, um, it should be a week after the last one, or like just just about. So I figured we wouldn't really have that much news, but we have a decent amount. We can we can go glance over a couple of these. Um, I put some stuff in here that I usually wouldn't because I don't think it matters at all, but just to pad out space. But the there is one that does matter, and that is the very first one, which is that Mob Psycho 100 got an October 2022 release date and a new trailer. Did you have any, like, did you have a page pulled up with information or just that? It's basically the information. I mean, I mean that's pretty much like, like, if you know Mob Psycho 100, which you should, then you know that it's good and that you should be hyped for this new season. Should be very hyped. 
So I think Mob Psycho. Uh, we'll we'll get to that later, actually. Um, and then you you can talk about this one. I don't know what this one is. You you saw this one? Yeah, this is called Malevolent Spirits uh, Monogatari. I don't actually know what it's about, but it looks like a supernatural adventure type of anime that's coming out. It's based off of the manga. Um, anyways, you can watch the trailer, see what you think. I thought it looked very nice. Um, has a nice art style. It's like it's going to be well animated. And yeah, I'll probably be watching it. it says it's been running in Ultra Jump. Uh, there's 13 volumes currently released in Japan, and Seven Season Entertainment has licensed the series. And we got English volumes of this manga coming out next year. So I guess that's something to keep an eye on. And let's see, there is something else I wanted to mention, and that is that Japan is going to start letting tourists back into the country from the US, Australia, Thailand, and Singapore. And it's, it's going to be limited right now, kind of like a trial opening up to tourism, but hopefully it'll be fully opened up later this year. So anyways. It's getting close to time. It is. For our pilgrimage. We must perform the pilgrimage. Um, what was up next? Oh, so it is time for the weekly One Piece update. So this week, this weekly One Piece update concerns a One Piece gym opening up, which I will read from an article about. So a fitness gym inspired by the world of One Piece called the One Piece Fitness Bragman will open in Tokyo's Shibuya Ward in early 2023. The establishment is a reference to an adventure tale that appears in the manga's 13th compiled volume. I don't remember that. Um, the gym's training room will have one-piece theming, and the trainers will be dressed as naval officers. It will also implement a point system to encourage further training and operate a pirate school aimed at elementary school children. So apparently, you, you can like go there and get a higher bounty based on like how much you lift there <laughs> that's pretty that's funny. awesome that'd be hilarious if they had like the like wanted posters of like the top chads of the of the gym just like on the wall and you had to like that would honestly that would insinuate me to do it like i would be very incentivized if that was thing uh, it's like something that could get even someone like me to go lift. I don't know if they have like, like I hope the trainers there aren't making them do stuff that like Zoro does in the show. Cause I don't think 
the stuff that he does you're actually like supposed to do because he'll like be up in his little training area with you know these like giant just these giant weights and he's just like doing a handstand push-up with them on his feet and i don't think that's uh up to code maybe and he also like i don't think putting dumbbells like in your mouth and like moving your neck up and down is a good idea either you can really mess up your neck so hopefully they don't like go straight up just for like stuff from the show so that would be dangerous i'm sure it's fine but from the looks of it it just looks like a gym that you that would be in like that it just it just looks like a a pirate ship like like the underbelly of a pirate ship it doesn't really look necessarily one piece related hmm still though it's better than your average run of the mill have a pirate ship gym yeah it is it is pretty cool it's strange that they said the um the trainers will be dressed as naval officers, so they're they're supposed to be like the Marines. I wonder how weird that is. Like how how far do they go with that exactly? I don't know. Because it looks like a low-key, like just kind of sort of themed gym. So I don't know how, how hard they are going with these outfits. I think if you go to one of those places you actually have to dress up like Luffy though to go work out I think that that should be a requirement yeah the guy I mean the guys the people in the in these two pictures that I'm looking at look normal they're not wearing any special stuff it just looks like a low-key themed like gym oh that's cool neat and next up I was going to mention this earlier uh, Chainsaw Man was confirmed for later this year I think we already like talked about that but they hadn't like like they were saying it was supposed to be this year we were thinking maybe it's they're going to delay it again or something with all the stuff they have coming out but no it's coming out uh, later this year meaning I think it's just coming out in like October with everything else so Mob Psycho 100 and Chainsaw Man will be airing at the same time. Will be nuts. Yeah. And whatever else is happening. Um, and then... Hopefully... Wait. When does Made in Abyss come out? Summer. Summer, right? Yeah, but that that's like right after this season. Chainsaw Same. Man and Mob Psycho would be the season after that. I forgot it was so close. Yeah, it's it's coming up. <laughs> like, actually, we're like halfway through the season right now. Right about. Yeah. So, yeah. We are getting there. But uh, on a less exciting note, at least for me, uh, oh, and Mark, I don't think he's watched it. Uh, Fire Force season three. It's a shonen. Of course, it's getting a season three. Not surprised. I don't know if that's going to be the final season of it. Um, I th- actually, I think the Mob Psycho 100 season is going to be the final season of it. Because I don't think there's much of the manga left from what I've heard. Hmm. 
I also read somewhere that uh, Sailor Moon is getting its final anime adaptation season. Sailor Moon? Like the, the new version of Sailor Moon? Not the it's not over one. yet? I thought the new version of Sailor Moon ended like a while ago. Like Sailor Moon Crystal or something? They they're they're gonna that's not gonna be the final season of Sailor. They're gonna just keep milking that franchise forever because they can. Probably. But anyway, we go on to made anime adaptation, which means uh Wakame Kanbu's The Maid I Hired Recently is Mysterious manga gets a TV anime. So this is by this is the first time hearing of this, but this is by uh, the same person who wrote and illustrated the great Jahi will not be defeated, which we reviewed last season's or, or last uh, year's anime, um, sort of. So this one is a, I'm assuming about a mysterious maid. It's about a, it looks like it's about a a young boy and his his large maid, who is mysterious. Uh, the uh, synopsis is like a little sentence tagline I hired a maid who has something about her I just can't put my finger on sure she looks great and is a fabulous cook but something about her is not quite right what have I gotten myself into Mm. I don't know so yeah That's all I have on that one. What was next? Okay, so... (laughs) So, yeah, Horse Girl Tom Cruise. You may be wondering, how does that go together? Well, let me illuminate the subject a little. So, Uma Musume's Pretty Derby's Top Gun Maverick collaboration visual revealed. Um, And if you don't know what Uma Musume is, I don't either. But I think it's about like horse girls and it's an anime um but there's a cross promotion between them in japan and it just has like like the poster of it of the new movie with the horse girl wearing like pilot stuff that it's pretty much it interesting Wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait, is there an actual, like, video? No, it's just a visual. Uh, oh. It speaks. Oh. Oh, so this is like a... (laughs) Okay, so I guess Uma Musume is like a game about horse girls racing. But the they're based off of like famous horses, I guess. But this okay. new one, there's like a new one. And she's not based off of like a famous horse. She's based off of Tom Cruise <laughs> from Top Gun. <laughs> it's a logic it's it makes sense it really makes sense if you think about it it says she she wears an aviator jacket and a parachute harness and speaks such famous lines as you copy 
and her scale animation even sees her parachuting off of a plane. I remember when Tom Cruise said, you copy in in Top Gun, (laughs) don't you? Like the famous phrase, have the need, the need for speed. Is that in that movie? That sounds stupid. Yeah. Did he say that? <laughs> He's like, I feel the need, the need for speed. I can like hear that being said in Tom Cruise's voice, so I don't doubt it. But that, that's really dumb, like out of context. He definitely says that in the movie. Hmm. Well. Anyway, that's that. Uh, I'm looking at Uma Misume. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's really something here. Well, I knew there was like, like I've seen stuff for the anime, but I didn't know it was a game. Not that I care, but <laughs> but you don't care about anime horse girls. Not unless they involve Tom Cruise, which now, now it's a different story. Now we're getting into territory that's, you know, kind of up my alley. Now we've got anime horse girl fighter pilots. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. They give me Tom Cruise horse anime girls. Now we have no choice. We got to watch all of Uma Musume. Because I think it has like a bunch of seasons too. It's that it's one of those shows you see at like the very bottom of the season when you're just like <laughs> scrolling down and you scroll down past like the 20 isekais and you're like, oh, all right, yeah, I know. And then you see like horse girls and you're like, oh, that's a little strange, whatever. That's what the show is to me. Didn't know it was a game, but apparently it's also a game. Maybe it's actually a hidden gem. I highly hidden doubt that. But it might be hilarious. So we should review it someday. <laughs> Um, next up we have a, an invisible waifu adaptation so this looks like it's going to be one of those anime of the season that has the girl that everybody draws fan art of and is like the one cool anime girl of the season and Wait. this one hmm? it's like the Invisible Man by H.G. Wells, but it's The Invisible Waifu. Well, I think I, I've kind of misled you into believing it's more interesting than it actually is. It's actually just based off a manga called Kubo Won't Let Me Be Invisible. So she's not actually invisible. I think it's just... Oh, that... I read the first chapter of that just oh, recently. Then you have more say in this than I do. Was it, was um... it good? <laughs> My impression was that it was a generic high school rom-com manga that made it into Shonen Jump. That's my impression from looking at the cover and reading the synopsis. And that's also a good description for it. There was nothing there that captured me at all. Um, But if anybody cares, it's being directed by the person who did both seasons of Rent-A-Girlfriend and it's being done by Studio Pine Jam who did Kageki Shoujo which was a missed opportunity and they did a loop a part of Lupin the Third I don't know 
Uh, here's the synopsis. First-year high schooler Junta Shiraishi is a mob character who goes unnoticed, even when he's standing right next to you. He's just like me, but his classmate, heroin-level beauty Kubo, always notices him and is there to tease him. <gasps> That's not like me, but it could be. Anyone can become special to someone, but it might be a little too early to call these feelings love. Perhaps the story is still two steps from being a romantic comedy. Let's call it a sweet comedy where a background character becomes visible. Just like I could be. Yeah, seems pretty generic. This is starting to become like an isekai formula type show that they have each season. Yeah. I'm starting to see a trend here. Some of them are good, but there's going to be a lot of generic and like not good ones. Because are you watching uh, Shikimori's Not a Cutie or whatever that's this season? I watched the first episode and I couldn't watch anymore after that. Exactly what I did. So it's like there's going to be a lot of shows like that that are like not egregious, but they're not like good. They're just there and they're all going to be the same and they're all going to have nothing to offer. And this is going to add to that. Because right, usually the first episode, you know, you're kind of on the edge of the seat. So you give it a few more. But this the first episode of Shikamori, I was just kind of like, uh, like okay. it's it's like specifically the they're going to have stories now where it's the main character guy protagonist or whatever is just a fill in for you for like the reader. So he's like really lame, but one of the cool girls at school notices him because that that would happen in real life. But like that was kind of what um my dress up darling was, but he actually had more going on and he was an actual character, so that one worked, but I a lot of these don't understand that the protagonist also has to be a, a character. It's not like it just doesn't work if it's just the girl. Yeah. But anyway, expect a lot more like these. This also looks like one of those uh, manga that's going to be in Shonen Jump and get cut off like a third of the way through however long the manga go wanted to run it. Because it's not going to sell enough. Um, yeah. What? I'm just going to say, like, um, it doesn't, like, it doesn't strike you with anything. It's just what I thought. Because like, it takes place in high school. That's red flag number one. And red flag number two was that. It's using the archetypical. Um, this person will never fall in love with me, but she does. And... Yeah. Yeah. It, I think it's going to ironically have the same, be in the same predicament as its protagonist, in which it is going to be invisible and nobody is going to care. Um, but anyway, 
here's just something that is going to be like top of the season, top of the year for whenever it does end up coming out. No, I guess it's coming out this year. So enemy of the year 2022 um, before it even comes out, I'm just going to say it right now. It is this bear anime. Um, the full title of which is of course, caressing the nipples of my hibernating bear BLTV anime. Um, um, wait, I don't think I heard you right. Could you say that again? Okay, okay. Now listen carefully. Listen carefully. Caressing the nipples of my hibernating bear. BLTV anime. Okay. Um. Wow. I think it's pretty simple to understand. Um, but uh, here's the news. Seichiro Yamashita plays Raven Watari in Healing Animal Eared Boys Love. Um, so I guess it's a BL, but but they're like furries also. This looks more like a... Are they actually bears or are they anthropomorphic? Bears. No, they're just like they're just guys with like bear ears. This is very strange because like it looks like it would just straight up be a hentai, but it's not. This doesn't look like something that should air on television just from like the cover. Yes, there's always something like that. Hey, this just out. looks like something that I would walk into Barnes and Noble and be looking in the manga section, and I see this and I'm like, "Oh, I went too far." Back to the shonen. Yep, I was I was in the Barnes and Noble manga section the other day. It was very crowded. I see. It's been a while since I've been to a crowded manga section. Well, it was Arlington, which is a college town. So go uh, figure. I found found some Full Metal Alchemist Full Metal Edition while I was there. Oh, nice. Did they have them on sale? I don't think it was on sale. How much did you pay for those, actually? I'm curious. Like, how much are they each? Um, I think they're like uh, $20 each. Yeah, I think I saw them selling for like 10 at a sale somewhere. But that uh, it was like a really, I think it may have been, it was something weird. It was like Hot Topic or something. They were like selling the first three volumes for $10 or something. That's Kind of nuts. It's very strange, but like that was happening. I think it's over now and it's too late. But anyways, they're very nice editions because well, first of all, it's a hardcover and the paper itself has been glossed over, so it has a shiny look to it. So we're I think we're missing a little bit of information on um I'm sorry, let me look at the name of this again. Caressing the nipples of my hibernating bear. I think we're missing a little bit of information, so I'm going to read the synopsis. Uh, The manga itself centers on a bear named Noah who lives in the forest. Noah found a puppy named Irie a few years ago and is now raising him. 
When Noah goes into hibernation for the winter, Irie is still but a pup. But when Noah wakes up from his hibernation, he finds Irie has grown into an adult dog. So, um, that made it more normal. Definitely not extremely strange. Because I assume there's supposed to be a romance here. I don't, I don't assume there's like nothing going on between them. So he's like took in this this puppy boy and he ra- he like raised him but then he went and then he, since he's a bear he went into hibernation which which means he went into hibernation for like all the time that he was like growing up I guess or so I, this is so weird wait like his metabolism slowed down so much that he just didn't age and so he caught up to them is that the excuse they're going to use? Because <laughs> any way I look at it, it's uh, interesting. I don't know. What's going on there? He raises him, and then he goes into like a cryo sleep. I, and wakes up again. I don't know. Hold on, man. What about this one, guys? Anyway, that's all we have for the news. There was like two important things in there, but you know, we had to fill up time because we don't really have important news right now. Um, once again, before we get into our review section, however, there is something that is very important, and that is our sponsor, Takara Cafe. And if you go to Takara Cafe's site right now, you will find amazing deals on a lot of very good manga and their library is only growing as um, the owner gets access to more publishers and things like that um, community is great for it the deals on there are great they're starting to add like clearance sections and I think they're going to add uh, pre-owned stuff soon so that's all good. Keep an eye out for that. And make sure and use the code intellectuals5 at checkout to get yourself 5% off their already nutty prices. Wow. Wow. Um, so I we have not edited the docket, so it still has me uh, reviewing stuff I reviewed last week. And yours is also last week. But I actually do have quite a bit to review today. What do, I haven't actually asked you. What are you reviewing today? Uh, I've got a couple of things. Um, let's see. Uh, Yokohama Kaidashi Kiko, the OVA, and Blue Period, the anime. Okay, okay. So... I won't, we won't get into it right now, but I did read both Tatsuki Fujimoto one-shots that I missed, so we can talk about those at the end. All right. But first, let me get into my four things that I have. Maybe, actually, maybe I shouldn't do this. No, two of them, no, three of them are actually pretty short. Yeah. But first, I'm going to talk about Space Runaway Ideon. 
聞こえるだろうはるかなとどろき闇の中心揺さぶる目覚め始まる第一割そそり立つ姿正義の証か伝説の巨人の力銀が切り裂くおたけびが Which is、um, a mecha anime from the early, early 80s.、Um, and it is about, it starts out with、um, these, like, it's, it's set far, far into the future. It's like 2400 something or something like that.、Um, And humans have been populating like space for forever, like for a long time. It's very easy for them to travel like millions of light years and whatever. So they've been populating planets all, the, all over the place.、Um, and they find this one particular planet that they've been doing scientific research on because they have found these mysterious、uh, like alien. Artifacts and like technology from what they call the sixth civilization. So, I guess that means they found like, I think maybe like they're the first civilization and like they found some other ones or whatever. But this happens to just be the sixth. So, it's like the sixth civilization. And the planet is, they deem, they call it Planet Solo. um And on this Planet Solo, the technology that they find here. Is what the sixth civilization refers to as being powered by Ide, which、um, the Earth humans do not understand, and therefore they're researching it. So, show starts out with the military from Earth being sent to this planet to find out like what they're actually researching and if it's like a weapon like they've been hearing about. And so they go to this planet solo. And when they get there, they find out that, oh, they actually are like researching and like keeping this massive weapon. So this military guy is like, hey, look, we're going to have to like confiscate this because who knows what you guys are going to do with it. Like you, you guys could turn it over to the alien to like some aliens or something if those exist.、And、they're like, what aliens don't exist other than the, the ones that are already dead that were like, Looking at their old stuff, of and like, well, we're actually gonna have to still take that from you. And they're like, no. And then aliens attack the planet and they're like, oh, aliens do exist. And the aliens want this ancient technology 
because in their ancient scriptures or like their it's like their religion or something basically they have like an old tale um that basically surrounds this power that they call the ide and it's this it's supposed to be this like infinite energy source um whether it actually is or not it is up to be like discovered throughout the show so i won't spoil it but um that's what it says in their like tales from thousands and thousands of years ago on their planet and so they're looking for this because the they want to overthrow their uh their like tyrannical government so there's like a certain sect of this this clan they're called the buff clan these aliens um and so they want to overthrow their corrupted government on their planet, um, which they also call Earth. And so they want to get their hands on this legendary Edeon. So they have this in their tale, or they, they have this knowledge of this legendary giant um, Edeon. And so they find out there's these, what these scientists have been researching are these three, like, separate like trucks basically is what they look like on the outside um so they're just like three separate trucks so when the aliens attack it actually fires up this like self-defense mechanism in these three trucks and they morph together and they form the Edeon, which is a giant mecha um it's got like blades on its legs or on its like feet and it's very large like it's not like gundam sized it's probably like four or five times the size of a gundam so it's like actually huge um and so there also of course there's the little kids that happen to or the the young kids that happen to be piloting that because they just happen to get in it to take cover or whatever. And so the the Ideon supposedly recognizes them as worthy to be piloting it. And so for the, for the rest of the series, nobody else really pilots it or like mainly pilots it except for these kids. So there's Cosmos, who is very recognizable by his giant red afro that he's sporting. Um, and it's a very iconic look. He has a character himself. Um, he has his moments, but for the most part, I'd say most of the characters in the show are pretty one note. They don't really have much going on, but that's not really the focus of the series, so it's, I don't take that too much away from it for that. Um, there's also... Um, what's his name? Oh, Deck is an, actually like a little kid, and... He has this like pet squirrel also. I don't remember his name if he ever actually has one. But he's not like nice to it. He's like kind of mean to it. But anyway, it's not important. Um, he screams a lot. So like whenever uh the Edeon is being piloted by Cosmo and they're in like a battle against the Buff clan, um and some missiles like hit the side of the Edeon, Cosmo would just like scream like how Basically, like how Amro would like yell in Gundam, 
except take that and multiply it like 10 times. And then that's what you have Deck screaming. He's just screaming, Cosmo! He's like, shut up. I know we're being hit. Shut up. Um, nice. And there, well, there's also like a baby in this show that's actually very important. Um, but you don't know that at the beginning. So it's really, really annoying because um, there's just this baby that's just like scream crying. And it's even worse than like Deck screaming Cosmo's name whenever they get hit or whatever. Because he's just a baby and he just like cries for no reason all the time and Cosmo also tells him to shut up like there will be um like there's this there's a couple girls that like take care of him and like and like keep him out of everybody's way and whatever and and sometime like throughout the show he'll like start crying out of nowhere and Cosmo will just like stop what he's doing and be like somebody make this baby shut up what is what are you doing give him some milk or something so I thought that was really fun but uh that doesn't really take away from the fact that it does like physically hurt to listen to these babies scream sometimes. Uh, but it does get like better throughout the show and they do kind of explain some stuff off, but I won't spoil anything. Anyway, I got way off track. There's also a, a girl named Sharla. Is that her name? I don't know. Well, obviously you don't know, but actually it's Kasha. I think it's Kasha. It hasn't been that long. I just have a horrible memory. Uh, she also screams really loud um, when she gets hit by muscles. Um, and I've been describing the idiot getting hit by missiles like it's nothing because it basically might as well be nothing to the idiot. Throughout this entire series, the idiot gets like every, like the most advanced weapons thrown at it, blasted at it, like rammed into it over and over again. And the most damage that's done to it is like they'll get a little hole in the in the outside frame. Um so the Idon is nigh indestructible. Um but the problem is that the humans don't really understand how it's operating. So they're not sure if they're actually controlling it or if it's just kind of doing whatever it wants. So like throughout the first bit of the show, it's kind of standard. So it's kind of like they're running away from these aliens that are trying to chase them to get the Aeon. Um, and then they have to kind of like fight them off. They blow up a couple of planets or they don't blow them up, but they, they like massacre a bunch of people on some planets and then they get angry and they have to get revenge. And then, they're running away from more aliens and they have to fight them off and they win every time. They don't like ever lose because uh, the Aeon's just really strong. Um, but then at some point they're like, hold up. I don't think we're that good. So something's going on here. And so they figure out that maybe there's something going on that they are not in control of, um, which I won't spoil, but so that's what makes the show interesting because if it was just like the episodic stuff that they did at the beginning and nothing else, I probably wouldn't have finished it. But I actually finished this one pretty quick. I like, like it only took me like a week to finish it and it's like 40 episodes and then a movie. And in my opinion, I, I think it's all worth it just for that movie 
like there are there are a lot of good moments in the series also but that movie the conclusion movie is let's just say the end of evangelion is not as original as you might think that's um, a bold statement to make if you if you watched Ideon be invoked which is the conclusion movie to Ideon you would understand it's not the same exactly obviously i'm not saying like evangelion didn't make anything original but there are a lot of things that i can tell like are influenced not just evangelion but just like a lot of type of shows especially gurren lagan um but yeah so i I particularly enjoyed this show. Um, and the characters do start out kind of annoying at first. And I was kind of worried that they would stay that way and not really grow at all. And they don't really, they're not like the most complex, but they are likable in, in like at least one way. And by the end of the show, you do grow to like, to like this, uh, this crew of the solo ship. Um, and you kind of want to see them succeed and see them understand this Ide power. But I can't really go much more into it without spoiling one of the best parts of the series. So I won't. But I will recommend this to anybody who likes giant robot shows. Which would be me in this case. Indeed. Um. I don't know. The, the only thing I will say is obviously out of all these 39 episodes, not every single one of them is like, wow, that was an incredible episode. Like a lot of them are just, are very slow and plodding, I guess. Like there's always some action in them, but it's not always like, like most of the time, you know, the outcome, it's more of like the mystery behind the E-Day and everything that kind of drives you forward in it. But yeah, I think you would like it. Um, just depends if you want to sink that much time into it. I think it's worth it. It's up to you, I guess. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's pretty much it. Oh, I like after I finished watching everything and like the movie, I was like, I wonder if they have like models of this because that'd be interesting. So I looked one up and I like bought it off of eBay. You actually bought it? Yeah, it was just like 20 bucks. Um, so I, I thought it was like the whole Edeon, like a smaller version, but it was actually just one of the like trucks that transforms into it. So I was like, oh, well, all right, I'll try and put it together anyway. So yesterday I was like trying to put this thing together and I realized, oh, this just, this plastic just doesn't work anymore. Like it, it just, it just doesn't go together. So nothing was sticking together, like snapping in place. So it's basically useless. But the box looks cool. So well, definitely didn't waste $20. That's fine. It'll just stay on my bookshelf now. But yeah, Edeon is very cool. Um, I definitely like barely summed up the first episode and then kind of ran through everything else. But I think the... It's like since it's old, it has it does have a lot of reused animation, but that's like par for the course. Like you know what you're getting into if you watch this era of show. Um, and it does like have really, really well animated action. 
for its time, like at some points, which is neat. And I just think the Ideon is really cool. It gets some new like weapons and stuff. And then like, like by the end, you're like, there's things that I was like, like I've seen a lot of big giant robot stuff and I've seen a lot of crazy things, but there were even some things in this at the end of this show that I was like, there's no way they just did that. So this is the basically the what I assume is the giant robot anime that inspired a lot of things after it, including clearly Evangelion and definitely Gurumagon, among I'm sure countless others. So definitely check this one out if you want a, a historical piece of giant robot history that holds up still today. No, I don't mind when they reuse animation scenes as opposed to implementing random bits of CGI scattered about. Oh, well, you will not find that here because CGI did not exist. Right. Well, you know how in Gundam, whenever the Gundam got hit, it shows Amuro getting thrown back and forth in his seat, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I would rather have that than just weird CGI incursions. I agree. It is like a an episodic, like mostly episodic, at least at the beginning type of show. So I kind of give it the benefit of the doubt for that. It always had like in every single episode, I think, like from what I remember, they have the same like it's basically like a like a Sailor Moon transformation scene, but with the robot coming together and becoming Ideon, it's always the same every time, just with like a different background and like different circumstances, obviously, every time. Um, but yeah, I mean, that just ma- it just makes it cooler when they like switch it up a little bit at the end. So I think it's. I think it like I, I don't I don't dog it for that. The only thing I'll say that is that I don't think it needed to be as long as it is. Um but I do think it's necessary to watch all the episodes. It's it's not bad. Like none of the episodes are like definitely don't watch that episode. That episode was like really it was it's not like any anything like that. It's just some episodes are less necessary than others and i think they could have just shortened it down a little except for at the end where they just kind of go like like the pacing starts out at like a a speed of like two for like the first half of the series then it goes up to like a five and you're like in in perspective you're like okay they're kind of picking it up now and then the last like five or six episodes of this of the show go up to just like 12 and you're like, oh my god! So I'm pretty sure um, it got like, like they were meant to have more episodes to like flesh out the conclusion, but then it got canceled. So then basically they pulled an end of Evangelion, where instead of leaving the conclusion where they at where it was at in like the show, they redid it in the conclusion movie, which worked out in its benefit, in my opinion. Because it was very good. I see. So if you watch this show, you do what I did. Watch up to episode 38. Don't watch episode 39. 
and then just watch the conclusion movie Ideon be invoked and you will have the best experience that way. But that is all for Space Runaway Ideon. All right. So now we get on to my other three things. The first of which is Ipatsu Kiki Musume, which I think translates to uh, critical, miscritical moment, or like the woman of the crit- of critical moments or something. Basically, it's a it's like thirteen short, three minute, um, like gag episodes of this girl who keeps getting into these absurd situations and has to like get herself out of it in these crazy ways. Um, so for instance, the first episode is um, what, how does it start? How does she get into the situation? Um, she's in like a, a sauna and she gets like stuck in there for so long that she's like really dehydrated and so she's trying to get out and then at some point she like slips and then just like breaks her legs and then she has to so she's like so then like she actually breaks her legs or something she like screams in pain and like shows an x-ray and then it goes to like um like a narrator and he starts like saying like scientific facts with like a live action like example and so he basically she like breaks her legs and he's like the way that she broke her legs in this moment by crashing into the sauna floor means that she shattered her femur and like whatever and it'd be like showing like a live thing be like how will she get out of the situation this time you know go back to her and she's like i know what i have to do she has she tries like rolling across the floor like to get to the doorknob and then she like crashes into the door she's like no i have to judge the distance correctly and then it'll go back to the narrator and there he's like judging by the distance to the door to perfectly get her mouth so it goes over the doorknob she'll have to take exactly 27.5 revolutions of her body and then like she does it and then she finally like bites onto the door to get it open and then at the same time somebody else is on the other side and they try and open the door and then it, and you just hear her jaw like cracking and then it goes back to the narrator and the narrator's like her jaw was now dislocated in five different places and had permanent damage for the rest of her life and there would definitely be scarring her, and then it's like um now now her like muscles have been tightened up so hard on the doorknob that she cannot move and then uh, the the people on the other side just see like blood just coming out from under the door and they're like what and then it just kind of ends so basically everyone every single episode follows that kind of like absurd thing she's just getting into these dumb situations there's like one where she's like stuck in a i don't remember how this happens but she gets stuck in like a um an oil bucket that's like slowly getting filled up with water. So she has to find out how to like get out. And then there's one where she's like 
trying to cook a crab, but then it like gets on her face and they have to try and like peel it off. And there's one where she's like, she gets this new fitness equipment thing that you're supposed to like strap onto you and it's supposed to like try and pull your body backwards into like a a position where you have to like move it back. But she accidentally, it like goes berserk and it goes on like the the berserk setting and it just starts like like just throwing her around. She has to like try and unplug it and stuff. It's pretty fun. And it'll probably only take you like like in like forty five minutes or so to like watch all of it because they're pretty short, but they're they're just short, fun little short pieces, and I think they're pretty funny. All right, sounds something been an old nice little comedy. Yeah, it was a fun time. Um. This next one, I'm not going to really talk much about it because I don't have much to say. Uh, but when I went to the library and found out that we had a manga section, I was like, oh, shoot, let me get like a couple things I haven't seen before. One of which was Axe, Alternative Manga, which supposedly Axe is a magazine that runs in Japan that that um, they run all these indie manga in it that other places won't take. So I was like, oh, well. It's probably because they're like edgy, but they're like just not meant for kids or whatever. They just can't really like get anybody to like buy them. So I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And that's kind of cool that they have like a, a magazine dedicated to this. So I was like, oh, well, this will be interesting. I'll, I'll probably like this will be right up my alley. So I opened it up and start reading ready to just like see uh, some edgy stuff and like some cool stuff that I haven't ever seen before. I think I read they were they were all really short. It's just a short like anthology of manga basically. There was like two that were passable. Every single other one was like the worst thing I've ever read in my life. Like this was actually the worst stuff I'd ever experienced. Um they were just like either boring or just like really strange. Like, let me actually let me go over and get it because I, I need to like refresh my memory because there was some really weird stuff. Give me a sec. You know, I think I actually read something like that from the public library. Oh, the okay, okay, okay. So there's this one where this guy is like going on dates and stuff and he's just not having any luck he keeps getting turned down or he keeps getting like broken up with or whatever so one day he's out in the park and for some reason there's like a park monkey and he's just in his cage and he's like talking to the monkey he's like man life sure sucks huh and the monkey's like (laughs) and so uh and so he just starts like screeching back at it and the monkey just starts doing it louder back and then it it just cuts to him like taking the monkey out of the cage, and uh, and he's and he's like teach me, and the the monkey's like he like reads up on it, um or actually no he doesn't take the monkey, he he leaves him in there but he like look he like researches like he goes to the library and researches like what the calls mean, and apparently there are like mating calls, 
So then on his next date, he's like, I know what to do. Um, he just he just starts like acting like a monkey. And then obviously the girls are like, What 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 is going on? Is this a guy a psycho? And they're like scream running. Um and so the guy is it's once again depressed. He's like, What what could I possibly be doing wrong? And then like the final panel just shows him uh like taking the monkey from the park. He goes to the store. He buys some lotion and some tissues, and then it shows him walking back to his apartment. That's it. And I think you understand what's being implied. Yeah, but, but that's it. That's the story. That it. That is the story. The story about how a man didn't have any luck while dating, saw a park monkey doing some mating calls, decided I'll try that. Didn't work, so he takes the monkey back to his apartment and just and and does horrendous things to the monkey instead. It's a very deep message on how you know sometimes you just got to go back to your instincts because women you just can't understand them. That's just one of the many oh. many um, genre breaking, just incredible pieces in here. I think my mind was just blown. Honestly, I was reading that. I was like, so this is what like cool, cool manga is. Um, so a lot of the art in this especially is like, uh, some of it is like interesting enough that I can be like, I guess it's not bad. It's just interest. It's just like a different style. But some of it is just straight up bad and ugly. Um. The paneling is kind of like awful in some of these. It's a lot of words. Um, what was this one? This one, I'm trying to see one that was actually all right. Um, there, there was this one about uh, an old man who's kind of like bored with life. And he's like retired or whatever. But he goes, he decides he wants to go to this boxing thing and he and he fights against this rookie and he gets the shit beaten out of him and then he just like carries on with his life and that it was really simple but it was like all right like there's really not much going on here um there's a lot of like unnecessary like sex scenes in a lot of them that just like just to be edgy. Um, like girl on the shore. I'm sure it's much less interesting than that. It's just it's just a lot of not good stuff. Like it's just not good. It's just bad. What was the first one? The first one was really weird. Weirder than the monkey one. Maybe actually, now that I'm like remembering it. So it starts out there's this guy sleeping on the street and he's just not waking up. So these people from like a house, uh, there's like this guy, he's like, he's like, he tells his wife, he's like, come, come look at this guy. He's like sleeping outside and he's like not waking up. And like, huh, that's weird. I wonder what's like, what should we do to like wake him up? Or, and then he's like, now nah, let's just like wait and look at him. 
So they're just staring out their window at this guy. this like homeless guy that's just asleep on their, like on the sidewalk or something. And a dog walks over and he like, like bites at him a little. He doesn't wake up. Then he pees on him. And then more people start like crowding around him, just staring at him. And he starts like snoring louder or whatever. And then, and then he's like, whoa, I just had a great idea, wife. What if we like broadcasted a song on the radio and then you got like naked and, and did a weird dance in front of him? And he's like, oh, yeah, that'll definitely work. And he does a weird dance or whatever and nothing happens. And then, and then like that's the end of it. That's like most of these manga. Like just no point, nothing happens. Just a whole lot of nothing. All right, then. Oh, my God. I'm just I'm remembering how many weird ones there are. There's one called Conch of the Sky by this insane person who was definitely on drugs. This one's at least visually interesting, but yeah, like for the most part, not worth it. There's like a couple all right stories, but for the most part, it's just not good. Um, that's all I have to say on Axe Alternative Manga. But I will finish my review section off with a very. I'm. I was. What's the word? What's the word I'm looking for here? Pleasantly surprised. I was pleasantly surprised by this manga. So. This one had been on my lookout for a while because I think I I think I'm just a big Rockago fan now. I just enjoy the story the Rockago stories and stuff. So once I found out that there was uh, a series running in Weekly Shonen Jump about Rockago, about like a, a girl pursuing Rockago and doing all kinds of stuff, I was like, well, I'm gonna I gotta catch on that. So I finally decided to do that recently. And Akane Banashi is the name of this one. And it is about a girl whose father used to do Rakugo until he was involved in a mass, like, expelling of a certain school by their, like, master or whatever for seemingly no reason. And so his daughter, who idolized him, um, vows to get her revenge on the Rakugo world by becoming a pro uh, Rakugoka, which is a pro storyteller or whatever. I think I've explained what Rakugo is on this podcast before, but basically it's like stand-up comedy, except you're sitting down on a mat and you're telling traditional stories in different ways. And there's a lot of different subtleties and stuff that goes along with it. And I think this manga does a really good job of like showcasing that and making it interesting. Um, but yeah, there's only like 13 chapters out now, but I hope that this continues to go on and that Shonen Jump doesn't cancel it and that people are interested in it enough. Um, but yeah, if you don't know what Rakugo is, definitely give this one a shot. It's very, like, it's got a lot of good information on what Rakugo is. And it's like, it's basically like a good thing for beginners, I guess, if you don't know what it is. Um. And it's 
got a lot of good like life advice in general. So I'm I'm very excited to see what they do with this one. It's just it's just a good manga so far, and I'm glad. But that is all for my review section. Yep, I saw that one on Shonen Jump. I'll have to check it out. Definitely do. Did I, did I tell you about the weird manga I picked up from public library one time? Was it the Shintaro Kago one? It was the one about the girl who worked in a nursing home yep. and uh, the old people shot missiles at each other. Yeah, I think that's a Shintaro Kago <laughs> one. Giants. Yeah, that was, that was something. That was like a couple of the manga in that weird alternative anthology, but they just didn't have a point and they were just weird to be weird and just bad. Anyways, um, anyways, on to some good stuff. I do have some good things I'm going to be reviewing this time. And the first one is Yokohama Kaidashi Kiko, the 1998 OVA. And I think the English translation is Yokohama Shopping Log. Now, I'm excited. Yoko- I'm particularly excited to, to hear your opinion on this because I've been eyeing this one for a while. And the yeah. manga release also, since that's going to be soon or whatever. Yep. So um, because the manga was going to be releasing in English for the first time, I thought I would, you know, give the original OVA a watch and see what I thought. オーナーは私のオーナーは私に店を預けていきなりどこか行ってしまったどこにいるやら何やってるやらいつかは帰ってくるのかしら Nanin Kamae Watashino So, um, some background. Uh, Yokohama Kaidashi Kiko is based on the 14-volume manga series by Hitoshi Ashinano. And the OVA that I've watched is a two-episode 1998 anime OVA. It's produced by Ajia Do Animation Works and was directed by Takashi Anno. 
And the OVA covers, I think, roughly the first three volumes of the manga. So, Yokohama Kaidashi Hiko is, it takes place in a post-apocalyptic world um, where the sea levels have risen and swallowed up cities. It's like um, this huge cataclysm, what's the word I'm looking for? Cataclysm? Yes, cataclysm. Um, so basically civilization has collapsed and the humans that remain are living sparse, quiet lives in the aftermath of the collapse. So the actual story is about the android named Alpha and she runs a small coffee shop on the coast. Uh, south of Yokohama, and the coffee shop is also called Cafe Alpha, because Alpha. Anyways, she's running the coffee shop in the absence of her owner, who left on a trip and never came back. So, yeah, she's kind of running the coffee shop and... um in memory of him, I guess. So is this, from what you're saying, is like the setting, like the world, like the, this cataclysm happened like a long, long time ago? Or Yeah, it, yeah oh, it's okay. been a while. That's interesting. So thing, like it's not like a horror apocalyptic thing. Like everything's settled down now. Um kind of like near autom near automata type of setting oh like we're like nature it's like mostly like a nature apocalypse basically yeah it's a nature apocalypse but you know or, or still... like something major happened but then it's been so long that like nature has like started to come back yeah basically exactly. so it's like covering everything so like there's buildings sticking out of the water and stuff. And Sounds like a neat aesthetic. It is is neat, and like for some reason, the streetlights are still working in some parts where the city got swallowed up with water, and so they come on at night. And yeah, there's there's still humans alive. They just there's just not very many of them. So anyways, um, despite what I've told you so far, this is actually a slice of life series. Um, it's basically, it's an epi episodic short stories of the daily life of Alpha running her coffee shop and she meets and interacts with other humans and other androids. There's this other android named Kokone and she's an android who works as a mail courier. And there's Oji-san 
which is just this old guy that she talks to and he runs a gas station. So yeah, she, she always fills up her scooter for because she rides around in a little scooter, which is also like nice looking. So yeah, it's just these little stories that reveal, you know, something about Alpha or the world. But she gets this futuristic camera in the beginning. And so she goes around like, the city area of Yokohama taking pictures of stuff. And, like, the camera has an eyeball in it, which is made out of the same stuff that her eyes are made out of. Interesting. And then, yeah, stuff like that. And there's another, like, later on in the OVA, um, she gets stu struck by lightning. And so Oji-san takes her to um, the android doctor. They just call her Sensei. And so they have to, like, repatch her. And so... Um, But yeah, it's just think daily life of the android girl running a coffee shop at the end of the world. And that's basically uh, what this is. And it's fantastic. It's got beautifully, beautiful hand-drawn animation here. Uh, the backgrounds. Uh, they look like a watercolor painting. That's the best way I can describe it, I think. Ooh. Like especially the backgrounds where they get the ruined cityscapes of, you know, things underwater and whatnot. Um, it's got a nice OST. It's relaxing and cheery at the same time. Is it like a, it's, it sounds to me like it would be, it would have like a classical music OST. Um, kind of, but not really. It's more like a, um, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's not like classical, classical, but it's kind of modern, like, like grunge core rap metal basically it's like it's like the kind of music you would hear at the beach are you sure about that because the music i i can i'm imagining from that is like really shitty modern pop music that's popular yeah. it, well no because this was made a while back i'm either thinking that or i'm thinking like Hawaiian beach music, which I imagine is like really upbeat. Yeah, it's exactly like that. It's upbeat and cheery, like Hawaiian music, but Japanese. Either that or I'm thinking like the beaches of Normandy. And then it's more <laughs> like like just yelling and like just stampedes of men like just like running through water. Which would be interesting. 
very experimental. I was just, you know, not the image that came to mind, but now I'm thinking of getting shot at by <laughs> Germans in bunkers. That'd be interesting so, background music. <laughs> anyways, um, basically what this anime is, is it's a peaceful end of the world. Not to like make that, that was like somebody else's title, but I'm going to use it here because um, it's not like a post-apocalyptic thing where everybody's fighting for their life and there's zombies or some kind of disease. It's just like a, a few farmers or trades people here and there. And they're just kind of doing their own thing. I see. And I like I like that idea a lot because I I can't think of anything else that would fit that bill. Yeah the the show describes it as um, being humanity's twilight years. So the idea is that humans are going out. Um, not with a bang, but with like a quiet, going to sleep kind of way. I see. So humanity is still like fading out. They're not like coming back. I mean, not that I could tell, but I don't know. Maybe they could come back or maybe they won't, but it doesn't not really, it doesn't really like focus on that as like a primary point. Um, no, it's basically. Um, just about the perspective of Alpha because you know people she lives a very long time because she's an android so basically forever and so she has to watch a bunch of people you know grow old and die and you know that it's kind of like with her owner human owner as well so, so does she like understand this as an android or does she like still learning? Um I think like she's supposed to be somewhat naive but also uh reflective. Um cuz like I think she knows that her owner is never going to come back, but yet she still wants to run the coffee shop anyways. Like, um, believing that he will kind of like as a, as a last thing to hold on to, I suppose. But I think what the show or what Yokohama Kaidashi Kiko was getting at is um, to appreciate like the simple things and, you know, it's getting out that nothing lasts forever. So just appreciate things in the time. It's kind of, if you will, the theme 
of Yokohama Kaidashi Kiko, and I really I like it. I think this might be one of, if not my favorite OVAs at this point. So I definitely recommend giving it a watch. It's only, what, 42 minutes long? So. Um, oh, there's only one? Well, there's two episodes and they add up to that. Oh, okay. Uh, interesting. Okay. I didn't realize it was that short. Yeah, I think they made another OVA later in the 2000s, but this is like the original one. Uh. Anyways, um, yeah, it's just, this is something, you know, that you wake up and you watch while you drink your coffee. That's what I did, and I quite enjoyed it. I see. Yeah, it's very surreal, if I had to say. That sounds right up my alley. So I will definitely get on that. And I will also be checking out the manga because I want to read the whole story. Yeah, I'll probably do the exact same. But yeah. Um, just like in Japan, from what I know, it's considered to be one of the best manga ever. Like just from people's opinions, I've heard like that's what they consider it. But they consider it what? Like it's one of it's one of the most iconic manga. Oh, manga, really? I, I've, like, the only, like, the first time I ever heard of it was when they announced it. And then I, I like, saw a couple people were like, oh, shoot, this one, this one's, like, good. But yeah. I never really, like, heard of it other than that. No, it's not very well known in the U.S. Because, oh, it's one of those things. Okay, okay. You know, there's no English manga, and the OVA is kind of old, so... But in Japan, it's a much bigger deal. Like, it's a critically acclaimed manga. I see, I see. So, yeah, that's very, very interesting. At least I think. Yeah, that sounds like right up my alley of show. So I'll definitely watch that. All right, so I've also got Blue Period here. This is much more recent. Um, Blue Period is based on the manga by Tsubasa Yamaguchi, and it's still ongoing. Okay. Um, I forget what volume they're on, but I think it's like 10 or 11, maybe. Anyways, this um, anime was produced by Seven Arcs. It's the first season. I don't know if there will be a second season or not. I don't think it's been announced. Um, this came back out in October of 2021 on Netflix. So 
Blue Period is about a high schooler, uh, Yatora Yaguchi, who is, he's basically your model student. He's, he's hardworking and it's just kind of doing what's expected. Um, but he also hangs out with delinquents after school and smokes. Um, uh, I guess you could say that he's kind of going through the motions of life. He's doesn't really have anything that he particularly wants to do. But that is when he's walking down the hall one day and he comes upon the art club and he sees a painting on display by one of his other classmen, Mori Senpai. And he's just, you know, blown away by this painting. So he's like, huh, I think I want to try painting. And so he actually like does his own painting of like Shibuya. Um, like the city part of Tokyo and he paints it all blue, like in the outline of the pencil. I, I assume that's where the title Blue Period comes from because of his blue painting. And like when it's on display, um, one of the characters, uh, Ryuji Ayakawa, looks at it and is like, wow, this is like, pretty decent. And well, there's more to say on that person later, but um, Yaguchi is pretty much officially in the art club at this point. And he, he doesn't get along with the Ryuji Ayakawa at first, because they like, get into an argument. They end up becoming friends. And so Ryuji is a male, but feminine in appearance and wears like, a mixture of boys and girls uniforms. So like, some of the other characters like say like hey that's the drag person the drag guy mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, anyways i'll talk more about ryuji later because ryuji's a very good character um so yeah throughout doing the art club activities um yaguchi's he's constantly like i want to get better at this and um, like at the end of the year, he basically decides that he wants to do art all the time and that he wants to apply to art school after he graduates. And basically how it is in Japan is um, if you want to go to art school, um, you could go to a private school, but it's super expensive and most people can't afford that. Or you could go 
to a public school like Tokyo University Arts, and that's super selective in their admittance process. But anyways, Yaguchi decides that he wants to apply to Tokyo University of the Arts, or TUA. And our teacher's like, you do realize that um, their acceptance rate is like barely anything. It's like, I think, um, I think Stanford or Harvard type acceptance rates, like for the, for the oil painting art program at TUA. But like, despite not having a long background in art, he decides to just go for it anyways. And that's when the story takes a turn and it transitions from the high school art club setting to the prep school setting. Um, so yeah, he basically attends an art prep school to get into TUA. And so a whole new cast of characters are introduced. And yeah, all of these characters are just well-written, I think. Like you get to see each of their like motivations for wanting to try to get into TUA and like the different arts stuff they do, the paintings. And but yeah, um, uh, Yaguchi also wants to get into TUA so he can basically follow the path of his upperclassman Mori Senpai who goes there so he can see more of her artwork. I see. Which inspired him in the first place. So this first season um, is basically his the process of getting into DUA and since it's so selective, they have to go through a series of tests where they have to like, draw this or paint, paint this certain thing. And so it, it goes into detail, but not just, you know, painting exactly what he sees, but like he goes into like the creative process of like making it um, reflective of him, like adding all this creativity theory that goes into it. And so, yeah, that was very good. Um, like, so so uh, him, him painting is kind of like the path of enlightenment or self-discovery, I guess you could say. But anyways, um, yeah, he meets other people. And of course, since he's new to art, uh, he has to deal with all these talented people um, who, who just 
you don't have to put nearly as much effort into it as he does. So it does kind of point out that he has to like really practice at this, but he's not just oh, yeah. naturally talented. He's just he's not just naturally good at it. Like this That's is good. Like all he does. You don't usually see that in manga. Usually the main character is like a genius at whatever they do. No, like he he kind of sucks at first. Like he doesn't really know anything. But he just practices drawing and painting like every single day until he until like um he gets hives on his arm because he's just been oh my gosh doing art so much so this is like realistic like like it's not like idealized or anything like it's actually like this is what you have you would have to do to get into like a an art college in tokyo yeah like it's damaging how much stuff he does to go through with this And you see that not all of the characters in the prep school can deal with the pressure like Yaguchi can. So, and he's like, yeah, so he feels like he has to work extra hard because he just doesn't have talent like everyone else does. And eventually that kind of makes him better because he doesn't rest on any pre-existing knowledge he's always trying to better himself like every single time so yeah it goes into a lot of things that would be very applicable to art people, like, um, it goes into this concept called exam art, like just making like a bunch of still life stuff to pass an art exam, as opposed to making your own thing or drawing things that you actually want to paint. I see. Because so there's this one character who's like, I don't care about um, doing the things that they want me to. I want to make my own art. And so Yoguchi's like, wait, have I just been doing exam art this whole time? Am I being original? And so he, he goes into all of that. Um, and then, yeah, there's lots of good characters, but I thought the best side character was Ryuji. Um, definitely the most interesting. Um, they, uh, so Ryuji actually, um, goes to the, the Japanese art application for TUA. But um, Ryuji does this because of their grandma, um, who's the only one 
who kind of inspires Ryuji to do it, whereas Ryuji's parents do not want um, him slash sure slash them to do art because they're like, you should get a real job instead of trying to pursue art in college, get a real career that um, makes actual money and they like throw out all the art supplies in Ryuji's room. It's, it's kind of sad. And so, yeah. I see. Um, Ryuji and Yaguchi are Gucci. That's what I think. Um, they, they're kind of similar because um, they're both like everybody kind of wanted them to go the original path, you know, go to college and major in something legitimate instead of art. But uh, Yoguchi and especially Ryuji, it's like a demonstration of breaking the societal norms, especially Ryuji, with how with uh, clothing choice and yeah, just doing what you want to do, doing what actually brings you fulfillment. I think that's kind of where the story's going. Yeah, that was a big thing they focused on in um, Akane Banashi, the Rakugo manga, also. Except yeah. with like Rakugo instead. So, yeah. That's cool. Because, you know, even even my parents, they poke fun at art majors, you know, saying stuff like they'll be working five part-time jobs after they graduate. Ha, ha, ha. Well, that's probably, like, honestly 90% true. Yeah. Since but... I, I've, like, taken a couple art classes, and I can tell you, most of the people in those classes are not going to be having jobs in any art-related things. I, or jobs in general. They're going back to their parents' house. Yeah. I think the point, though, is that you should still not give up on what you want to do with yourself just because um, it may not be the most assured way of getting a job. And also, I'll have to confirm this, but I think the author of this manga series actually went to TUA. <laughs> but um, So it's sort of like inspired by real life events? I think so. Or like their yeah. experiences? I'll have to like double check on that, but I do think the author actually went there. Uh, Tsubasa Yamaguchi, she graduated from Tokyo University. Yes, yep. So I see. I think she's at least qualified to write on this subject. Um, but anyways, I I enjoyed Blue Period a lot. 
It's got great visuals. It's got a very catchy opening. Um, but like I said, it's only one season, 12 episodes. I wish I could have seen more. So I might be checking out the manga at some point in time. Of course. Because unless, you know, a new season comes out soon. But like I said, I don't know if it's been announced or not. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I don't know if they will. I don't know if it like did well. It doesn't seem like something that would do well with like the general population. So I don't know if it would get oh, like good ratings or whatever. Maybe it's not generally popular, but I really liked it. And I think it's better than your typical, you know, in high school and want to do something with myself. Like, it's not just one of those type of dramas. Like, all the characters are believable. They feel genuine. So... It's refreshing when... Because it doesn't really happen often. Because So it's kind of refreshing when there's a story that's actually set in college and the characters act like real people. Yeah, it's crazy. But... I, technically, it takes place in high school at first, but most of the scenes don't take place in high school that they actually take place in, within the prep school. I see. And like the actual, you know, art, art stuff, which I appreciate. It's not like a bunch of high school gags thrown in there. But yeah. Um, I guess I would recommend Blue Period to just about anybody. I think um, some of the stuff in it is universal, even if you're not uh, an artist or have been to art school. So, yeah, Blue Period, it's good stuff. Yeah, Blue Period is like the one thing I think I missed that I thought about going back to from last year. And now that you've like, said it was good I, i'm definitely going to go back and watch it now you just need to go back and watch the heike story Which the best show will, from last year i will i will do that because that one's also just i think it's like 11 episodes actually so yeah but is that all for your review section that is all for my review section yes well, then I guess it is time for us to look back at a couple of Tatsuki Fujimoto's one-shot mangas. Oh, boy. Did you see what I did there? Yeah. So the title of, like, uh, one of them is actually Look Back. So I kind of, like, put that into the, into the segue for the one-shots just so it was, like, look, like, we're looking back because they were, like, a while back. And that's like also the title. 
it was pretty it's pretty clever like some people just don't catch on though I, so i understand i have to explain a little anyway um i think we should start with the one that's not good no just kidding we can start with uh goodbye airy oh god did you not like this one or are you just saying like the way it is I'm not saying it's bad, but I did not like it at all. Oh, really? Okay. I feel I feel like if you say something, I, if, I feel like if you say you don't like something at all, no, I guess that's not true. That's not true. I get what you're saying. Um. So basically, goodbye, Ari is. It starts out, and it's like this kid, and he's like in middle school. Or high school, I don't remember, but his mom gives him like a smartphone for his birthday. And he's like, Oh, cool. And then she's like, I want you to film me until my death. And then because she has like a terminal illness. And so he's like, he's like, What? And she's like, I want you to film me until my dying breath. And he's like, oh, okay, mom. And so he starts filming like everything with his with the smartphone. So he does this for so long that it kind of just becomes like a part of his life. He just like is filming everything. So he has all these like files on his computer and stuff. And it was kind of giving me uh, a trail of blood vibes at first. Wait, but you, you haven't seen or you haven't read it. So you wouldn't understand what I'm meaning. But it gave me creepy mother son relationship vibes. But then luckily it didn't really go in that direction. So I was like, OK, OK. Um but he has like all this, all these like hours and hours and hours of like just files of videos, like home, like I guess just home videos that he's taken of his mother doing various things, like just stuff in general. Um, and so eventually his mom does end up dying, but he can't like bring him to himself to actually like film her dying and then and then the hospital explodes and you're like what but the whole time it was actually a movie that he had put together like a couple years after all this with the edited footage of the stuff that he did actually take so it was sort of like realistic except for like the very end uh, because it was all actually shot by him so he just like put it all put all like certain parts together um and the people in like the the middle school kids watching this or i think they're middle school kids or whatever the school kids watching this were like um that was horrible and they start like bullying him for it or whatever so he makes this video another like a video he's like videoing himself he's like well look you guys didn't like it so i'm gonna kill myself now um bye insane and then so he's about to kill himself off the top of the same hospital his mom died in but then there's and somebody's like you're really gonna do that and like you're gonna like the reputation of this hospital doesn't need to be like sullied by your dumb like little notions and he's like what and there's this this girl's there and she's just on the roof of the hospital she's like what are you doing trying to kill yourself like yeah he's like wow 
you're so lame. He's like, what? He's like, well, I, you could have made like a, a cool movie or something, but all right, all right. he's like, what? You liked my movie? And she's like, yeah, I, I, I actually loved your movie. It was really good. He was like, what? But everybody hated it. He was like, well, it does need some work, but I can help you out on that part. Come, come to my my creepy basement and we'll watch like four movies. He's like, okay. And then they watch a bunch of movies and then this becomes a, uh, like a tradition for them. And they, and they're just like watching movies 24 seven, basically. Um, and they're taking notes or whatever and like doing various things. And so at some point she's like, you need, I want, I want to watch your movie. Cause your movie actually like, gave me some emotions like a lot of these movies just don't so i want to see what kind of movie you would make and this entire time he's like filming everything like usual because i guess he just does that all the time um and so he tries a bunch of different scripts to like suggest to her and she's like nah boring 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 so eventually he's like okay so what if there was this story about this kid who videoed his mom's like entire life up until her death, but he just couldn't in the hospital. And then he, and then the hospital didn't know, I guess the hospital didn't explode. Then he was like going to show that movie. But then after that, he like went up and he was going to kill himself. Then there was a girl and then there was a guy and basically like describing what's happened since then. And she's like, I know what you're doing here. Like, this is literally like what we, this is just real life. He's like, wait, wait, wait. But actually, the girl is a vampire. She's like, what? And she's like, so it's going to be like that, except you're a vampire. And then like, you actually have some like terminal illness and then you're going to like die at the end. And then it's going to be like, like, a. but then I'm actually going to be able to like film you dying and have like a character arc. He's like, uh, uh, huh. Okay. I, I kind of like that one's actually got more like meat to it. And so they, they begin the process of filming this uh, using, obviously, the film, the everything he's been shooting so far because he just shoots everything. And then all the new stuff that they have to do to can, like do the, the second half of it. Um, and they do all that. And what they realize along the way is that she actually does have a terminal illness. And she just didn't tell him. And so he's like, oh, oh, my God, I, I actually have to film another person dying from a terminal illness again. Um, and then actually, I don't think he does again, because I think it says that he like. They they shoot that scenes or whatever, and she like tells him afterwards that she's like actually dying. He doesn't he just, like can't bring himself to like do that to like actually film her. Right something like that i think so i don't don't think he actually does wait but then she was actually a vampire right whoa 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 hold up hold up but first he shows that movie to the school and it's like they actually like take it well this time and they're like um well what was is important um she wanted him to make a film to make like something out of her out of their like time together or whatever that would like evoke some emotion and make the audience like cry 
and it did and that's like the last like little bit of the film or whatever and they, so it, it worked and then um one of the things that kind of points out is that the reason that she liked his uh movie so much is that it took all of like the best parts of life and like put those together so that you could remember like people from their best points and not like their worst points. Uh, so the dad also appreciates it for that because you find out that the mom actually was like kind of a psycho kind of like just weird. And like she used to work at like a production agency or whatever. So she's like forcing her son to film her like dying so she can make like a documentary about it or something. It's like really, really weird, like really messed up. Um, but then um, after all that goes down, he finds out she actually has a terminal illness or whatever. All that goes down. He's like really sad. Um, but his dad like forces him to make the movie or whatever. He like, like this is what she would have wanted or whatever. Um, so he does that. And then it says it like fast forwards, I guess he's got a family. He's got some children or whatever. And he's, like, been constantly throughout this entire time trying to, like, cut this, all this stuff that he has into, like, a better movie, but he just can't do it. Like, he just can't find out what's wrong with it. Um, And then it just says he gets into a car crash. His whole family dies except for him. It's like, oh, God, okay. And then he's just alone. He's like, well, I guess we're doing this again. I'm going to just kill myself. He's like, I might as well just kill myself at a place where I have memories. So he goes back down to the creepy little basement where they watched a bunch of movies. And he's like setting up the rope or whatever. And somebody's like, I really would like it to be quiet during movie viewings. He's like, what the fuck? And he like looks over and the, the girl is still there. And she's the same age as she was then. Like she's still just as young. He's like, what? She's like, oh, I was actually a vampire the whole time. He's like, what? He's like, oh, yeah. And that like terminal illness thing, that was just me like resetting my brain, you know? He's like, what? He's like, oh, yeah, I actually got like a letter from myself. Um, and it had like the movie in it or whatever. So I could like kind of see how I'm supposed to like act and, and stuff. So I like know everything about you and stuff. He's like, huh? And he's like, and she's like, uh, you should like keep living or something because like I, I i want i like your movies and they they'll help people remember the best parts of them of like others and he's like you know what you're right and then he's and then he's like as he's walking out from this place he's like i remembered what i needed to finish off my movie a little bit of fantasy pizzazz and then it just, the last panel is just the building that he was just in exploding as he was like walking out from it. Which could be interpreted in two ways. And I'm curious what you think. It could either be that that actually happened and he just did it because he's like went crazy because family died or whatever. Or that or the or she's real. She could not be real for the whole time actually. I have no idea. Um, and then or it's just that that was like 
supposed to be his like final movie and that's what he edited in what would what, what did you think um, you know i guess you could have edited i i mean when i first read it i processed it as he actually blew Ari up in the building to smithereens. Um, I don't. I don't think that's where it's going, though. But I don't think that was the intention. I think it was just that it was I supposed to be the same as the as the one yeah, he did in middle school or whatever. To be the same as his uh, mother's film. And so there had to be an explosion in the end, and that was the pizzazz. But the other theory I have is that at some point he just went insane after like his mom died, and since he had like been so focused on like filming her every moment, he like couldn't process that she was gone. So he like created this other person that he could do the same thing to that may or may not have actually existed and then like after she was supposed they got a terminal illness or whatever you made a movie out of it he was like well again he like sort of had a normal life and he just like imagined her up again i don't know i don't know well but doesn't one of his classmates say like oh yeah i know airy she's that weird one right yeah, because she just she was like, yeah, like you and I are her only friend. She said, even though she's only like seen like once. Like, so she exists then. I guess right? I'm not sure what exactly they were going for. It, it's just, hmm. Definitely not as strong as this other one, but I did like a lot of the things he did in it. There's specifically this one part where they're like in, he brings Ari over to his house and with his like, cause his dad is still alive. There's like his dad's there. He's like introducing her to his dad. And then he's like, please, I'm begging you, please quit making my son make this movie. It's, it's, it's horrendous to our, my wife and, and it's going to mess him up thinking of his mother this way. And then, you're like really, and and he's like cut. And he's like, oh, did I act? Do I do? Did I do good acting? And I appreciated that because that would be like the generic thing you'd see. But he's more like realistic. His dad is because he like also made stuff before and whatever. So he's like he's like understanding. He's not like the stereotypical parent or whatever to be in that situation. I just appreciated certain things like that. Um, other than that, I guess it's a good message on like picking out the good memories of people and choosing to remember them by that and just living your life. And yeah. And at least, uh, the artwork by Tatsuki Fujimoto is always good. Oh yeah, like this is more even more apparent in this next one. Um, but his ability to just 
display like raw human emotion is like like nothing else like i'm not really there's no way to really like explain it in words but he just has this way of depicting just raw emotions like they're not idealized they're not like over like fantasized or whatever there's just like raw emotion no matter what that emotion might be like like I, i'm not sure how else to like describe it but you know what i'm getting at yeah i think so it's it just his character is just different i think that's like even in chainsaw man yeah I think like this one kind of suffered from how like strange it was. Um, like I get what he was going for, but some of the like weirder elements kind of took me out of the emotional stuff in it. But it was overall still good. I, I enjoyed reading it. But you said you said you did not enjoy reading it. What was your what, what um, was your thoughts on it? When I said like I didn't enjoy reading it, what I meant was like it did not evoke good feelings. Like it's especially the beginning. It's kind of makes you feel like oh this is gonna end really badly i can just tell yeah don't ever read a a trail of blood then you will not like that one i was getting like ptsd reading the beginning so i was like no no not again dear god like the the way some some of the characters act just it's unnatural in a way that just is very unsettling. I think that was definitely on purpose to show like how some people in life there like some people do exist that will be like controlling and so selfish that they think life literally revolves around them. So that's kind of like the over exaggeration of like look at this mother she's like making her son film her moments before she dies or whatever. Like obviously that's not supposed to be like realistic necessarily um but it's supposed to be like a representation of people who think like their life is just the most important thing and that people should feel sorry for them all the time i guess overall i get the feeling that it's messed up but i couldn't stop reading because of course i just had to know how it would end yeah of course and And it's not that long so it's not like yeah a commitment or anything but objectively yes it's very um, but it's not one of those things you you read expecting you know fluffy happy endings no yeah i don't think i expect that from anything tatsuki funumoto makes anymore yeah not not after chainsaw man I mean, Chainsaw Man is is I'm, like I think like out of everything he's done, Chainsaw Man is his most like happy ending work. 
I don't think Chainsaw Man could have ended any better, though. No, like, like, uh, yeah, just, just read Fire Punch and you'll understand what I'm saying. I do want to read Fire Punch at some point. Um, so let's talk about my personal favorite here, which is Look Back. What was your overall opinion on this one? Do you like Actually, this one? have not read Look Back. What? Oh, I thought you read Look Back. Not read Look Back. Oh, I, I maybe I shouldn't you, talk about this then. I didn't. You couldn't a bit. Uh, just the nature of it, I don't really think I can. Especially since it's so short, it, it kind of... No, you definitely need to read this one like without knowing anything about it. De- yeah, de- I, I won't read. I won't. We'll, we'll talk about it next episode. Just definitely like read this one for sure. I thought right. you would read this one because I thought I remembered you saying something to me about this one being like, yeah, this is this is something that like. Well, I me. said I I saw it on Shonen Jump. Okay, no, yeah, you definitely need to read this one. Read it. I did. I read Goodbye Airy like a few. A good few weeks ago, though. Yeah, I think look back is is much better. It it just it works much it works much better. Yeah, I know he's got other one shots too, but I haven't read them all. Yeah, the it's I don't know about his other one shots, but I I've now I've read Goodbye Airy, Look Back, Fire Punch, and Chainsaw Man, so. I hear I hear good things about Fire Punch. Uh, Fire Punch is one of those things where it's like I sort of understand what people are saying good about it, but also like I think it's him. It's clearly him, like starting out and not really knowing exactly where he's going. So he has a lot of the like edgy elements in it that he's like I guess now famous for or whatever but not as much of the like emotional impact I guess like he's just he's at the point where he when he's writing Fire Punch where it's not quite like together yet there's a character in Fire Punch that's like very similar to Aerie and Goodbye I'm not yeah, sure which came first. I, I really don't remember, but one definitely inspired the other, or like is like the other. At least what I liked about Chainsaw Man is that there were in Chainsaw Man, there's really no good characters per se. Everyone is flawed in some form or fashion. And each having their own motivations. It's not something that you really see a lot, I think. Yeah. And yeah, and Fire Punch, like everybody is awful. So yeah, yeah. Fire Punch is, is a is a journey for sure. <clears throat> but yeah, I think that's it for the for that one one shot that we were going to talk about. I thought we were going to talk about the other one, but you should definitely read that one. We'll talk about that one next time. Alrighty. Before we sign off for this episode, I'm just going to do a 
a speed run report card check for this season. So let me look up what what all shows are happening so I can refresh my memory. So first off, Spy X Family. Let's just say I think I said when I was talking about this one getting at ad- getting an ad- adaptation that unless they do like an incredible like godlike adaptation of this, it's not gonna be it's gonna be like fine. They that's literally what they're doing is a godlike adaptation. So it's it's great. The animation um, in some of the action scenes is unreal. It's just overall, I, I just think it's great. I'll, we'll definitely talk about it in more detail in the seasonal thing, but just, just so you know for now, definitely check that one out if you haven't yet. Um, it's actually at the very top of the season, which I did not expect. Second, which is should not be here, is Rising of the Shield Hero. Um, I, I, uh, I couldn't bring myself to continue it. Um, I don't know how Kevin Pinkin is still involved with this. He needs to just stop. He must have like a deal with them. But they're they're just wasting a Kevin Pinkin soundtrack on this show, and I just it hurts. Um, Kaguya-sama is back with a third season, and it's bringing Kaguya-sama back in a good way. It's just more good stuff from Kaguya. If you've seen it, you know what's going on there. Um, Shikimori-san, just generic, and I've just felt no desire to continue. Komi-san, I need to catch up on. Aharon-san is indecipherable, is a fine gag for like a couple episodes, and then I just kind of got disinterested in it. Yeah, I gave that one, I think, three episodes. Yeah, yeah I, I think I did too. Because yeah. it's all fine. Yeah, it's all like, all right. But it's nothing like, it doesn't make me laugh out loud like Kaguya Sama. No. When it's, it doesn't like, compel me a whole lot it's just it's just there sorry it's just there yeah and then we have summertime render which is basically a walmart brand higurashi and then we have let's see what else I'm, oh um your boy Kongming is one of my top shows of the season it has no business being down this far. Um, I will, you would, it shouldn't be like it shouldn't be down here. It should, it should be way higher. It's just really good. So check that one out. Um, the daily life or, or it's not daily life. It's like something something executioner. It's the executioner isekai. It one's all right. Um, it kind of like. It had an interesting mystery that kept me engaged for like the first five or six or so episodes. Um, And then they kind of like dumped a lot of information that should have been like the end of the season. And now I'm kind of like not as interested in it. But for a little bit there, it was 
interesting enough for me to watch an isekai, so that's impressive enough. Did you um, ever watch the Dayaiman recipe? I was just about to ask you if you were watching that because I did not. Because I, I haven't yet. watched any of it. Yeah, I still have no idea about it, but I haven't heard anybody say anything about it. I have no idea. Um, you watched Kunoichi Tsubaki no Mune no Uchi, the, the ninja clan one. I and you said it wasn't good. One episode, and I was like, that, that's it. I can do no more. All right. Um, and not like it the way it's, it's so obvious the way the plot's set up. Yeah, like, oh, that's yeah, just like Tokyo. No, to, never mind. Yeah. Um, let me have. So I think you watched, you said you watched the first episode of this and you didn't like it. Was I correct with the um, Konohiller Mendoxai? Um, yeah, I was not very impressed by that either because i didn't really like the elf character okay so see i i stuck with it and i've been watching it like weekly i think this show is actually like great really i think i like like i don't know if it's just my specific type of humor but i really like this show it i think it's just because it it's clearly not taking itself seriously so it, it, I think it's really good. I, I don't know what it is about it, but it like has me actually like laughing out loud at it at sometimes. But yeah, you, you have to. I don't know. It, it's it's definitely a very specific, like really really dry type of humor. Um, we watched the first episode of the Horse Boys anime. That was real bad. It had Hiroyuki Samano, though. It did. And right in the moment that we assumed it would come in, and we were like, yep, seems about right. And then we we did not look at any more of it because it was awful. We also watched this other weird, like, CG one, like an episode of that. I don't really remember what was happening. It was like some people transporting, whose job was like to transport people over to border or whatever. And then there was like a, a, a slime girl, and then there was like, uh, I don't know. Honestly, that one was more interesting than the horse one or some of these others. Yeah, that, that one was like just so bad that it was like entertaining, but I don't know how long that would last. I think it was just that episode, and then it would get old. Yeah. But yeah, did you have anything else that I'd mentioned or that I didn't mention that you have been watching? Um, I started watching Dawn of the Witch. But I, oh, right, right. I think takes place in the same universe as Grimoire Zero. And I like see Zero in one of these episodes photos but i haven't caught up yet so oh yeah it's so it's definitely like a sequel 
type thing. Nice. Grimoire Zero, but I haven't caught up, so I don't. I don't have an. I don't really have an opinion thus far, but yeah, I'll just have to catch up on it. I didn't like um, one of the characters starting out though, but we'll see. Okie dokie. Um. And yeah, I haven't watched the one about the sweet restaurant. Yeah. Who knows if we'll end up getting to that as we're over halfway through or we're about halfway through the season right now. So. Yeah. But yeah, we will fully review all this stuff we've been talking about in the season when we do our seasonal discussion when all this stuff is over. So tune into that when that comes out. But for now, I believe this is the end of the episode, unless you had anything else to add. I think that is all I have to say for tonight. Well, then I guess we're going to have to finish it with our famous tagline, which is, you copy? copy. I feel the need, the need for speed. Indeed. Thank you.